Do you trust yourself more than you trust others? Or others more than you trust yourself? This is the first in a series on trust that I want to do in this podcast. And I find trust to be one of the most difficult topics to actually talk about in a practical way. And as you know, I like to go about things fairly practically. I think it's because it's both the underlying cause of why many of the other topics that I've covered in this podcast are successful. So one team, empowerment, courage, for example, are definitely dependent on both trusting others and also trusting oneself. And trust is also the outcome. It's the beneficial outcome of actually many of the things that I've talked about in this podcast, like being accountable, being customer-centric, being values-driven. So the more I've thought about it preparing for this, the more I wanted to explore how trust could actually be improved, both being trustworthy myself and also becoming better at trusting others. So I want to look at both of these separately because I think we can all improve in both arenas, being trustworthy, becoming the sort of person that people do trust, and our own ability to trust others to the right level, um, both in teams, uh, with individuals, across the organisation. So in this episode and the next couple, I'm going to look at our own ability to trust uh, in different situations appropriately, and then later on look a little bit more about what it means to be a trustworthy person. So why does it matter to me that I learn to trust appropriately? And, and I will focus here, as I always do, on the work environment, although, of course, I think there are so many parallels in our home relationships as well. The purpose of today's episode is to help you evaluate whether your trust is granted objectively, actually. So whether it's appropriate to the circumstances and the people involved, or whether you have a knee-jerk response, sort of an unconscious bias, which means that you're probably not trusting wisely with all of the detrimental impacts that would have. Under-trusting, I think, limits our ability to grow and develop other people, because it's extreme. Of course, it means that I don't ultimately trust in another's ability to grow or do the right thing, so why would I bother to develop them? I think it makes us a bottleneck because too much ends up on our desk. We end up feeling like we've got to control everything and agree across every detail. Empowerment gets really hard. And if we under-trust our response, I think, to any problem, we'll tend to be, I'll take that, you know, I'll put that onto my shoulders. And, of course, then we just get more and more worn down and we do more and more stuff. So... In that instance, I think, what we're talking about is that I actually trust myself more than I trust others. And that's my instinct, that's my bias, to take it to me, because if I do it, then I will probably do it right. But if you do it, the chances are you may not. So instinctive under-trusters, and I think I put myself in this category, often miss out on opportunities to partner with other people or to enter into situations where we can control things, where working together would produce a better outcome than doing something alone. So how can you tell if you're an instinctive under-truster? Well, this is how I found out. Think about the last time that you lost something, your pen, your car keys, your sunglasses, whatever. 
What is your first thought? Is it, who took my pen? Or is it, where did I put my pen? So I discovered I am a deep who took my pen person. Uh, so much so that it actually became a joke in our family. That people would immediately point out that I was often saying, so who took my pen then? So who moved this? So why isn't the saucepan where I thought it was? You know? And inevitably, my conclusion was, oh, well, somebody must have moved it. So my worldview, if you like, my instinctive worldview is that if something has changed in the outside world that I don't like, then it must be because somebody else has done something wrong, as opposed to it must be because I did something wrong. So instinctively then, one could say that I trust myself more than I trust other people. So if you think that might be you, and let's face it, I think it's probably at least half of the population listening to this who that would be the case, then what's likely to happen is that you will grab things. You will say, give it to me, I'll fix it, rather than supporting or coaching or helping the person whose real responsibility is to do it. So what could be an exercise for you this week? Start, first of all, just catching yourself. Notice that when something goes wrong or you see something that you think is wrong, Take that deep breath and go, who moved my pen? Is that me? And don't immediately jump to that mistrust, to that assumption that someone else is either incompetent or working against you or doing something like that. Because that's probably the knee-jerk response. That may not be the wise and objective response. And there might be a better way. Even if it takes a bit longer now to help someone else learn to get it right, in the long run, it means you're not going to have to do it yourself. So that's the pattern of the instinctive under-truster and an exercise just to test to see and see if you can correct that a little bit in your day-to-day -day life. Then there, I think there are the instinctive trusters. And sometimes that leads to over-trusting. If you're one of those people, you might assume that everyone is competent and that everyone has your best interest in heart. And I have worked with a number of people in this camp and they admit that they often do trust more than they should. And when we kind of delve underneath it, it's normally associated with really wanting to be liked. So not really daring or even wanting to imagine that someone is not going to be on their side because they're trying to please the other person all the time and, and wanting to to get their favour, so they try to think well of them in many ways. If you do more often incline this way, the benefits, I think, of rebalancing it and becoming more objective is that you get let down less, you get screwed over less, which has all sorts of performance and financial benefits. A test here is that when something goes wrong, do you instinctively blame yourself and not want to cause trouble by complaining or raising stuff with the other people involved? I often see that in terms of people who've had unbelievably bad service. They will tend to say, oh, it was my fault, you know, I, I wasn't clear on what I asked for. And, you know, they, they'll kind of go into blaming themselves in some way. Then you might be an overtruster. I remember I had a client once who admitted that she always felt guilty about imposing on her team and asking them to rework stuff that was substandard. And she always assumed 
that they had done as much as they possibly could, and that if it wasn't good enough, then it must be her fault because she was asking too much of them or she hadn't been clear in her request. And in the end, I think people took advantage of that. I kind of noticed that because she wasn't demanding of them to achieve more, they gradually were becoming a little bit lazy in how they went above things and in fact therefore didn't deserve their trust in the way that she was offering it. So when we worked together, that kind of coaching environment started to turn it around for her to start going, just ask some different questions. So if that sounds like you, a useful exercise is perhaps ask some people who you really do trust to listen and describe the situation and ask them to give you their objective view. Are you trusting these people too much? Are they taking advantage of you? Because you may find it hard to see, but other people will be seeing it much more clearly. So reaching out and asking for that feedback is a very useful first step that I'd suggest that you get into right away if you want to work on this this week. And if you really are dealing with people who are either not competent or actually working against you in some way, then this is the opportunity to have that honest conversation and to curb your instinct to be too trusting. Of course, the honest conversation is the one that can be hard for you to have, which is why it's easier to trust people than to do that. But that type of relationship will never really build a deep culture of trust because it's not built on solid foundations. So my invitation to you is challenge yourself, ask for advice, and have a hard conversation with someone who maybe has been the object of too much trust from you. So this week, I wanted to explore your natural relationship with trust, where your natural bias was. I know mine is towards not trusting. I'm the kind of who took my pen type of person at heart. But by becoming much more aware of that instinct, I have been able to temper it. And that's benefited my ability to appropriately empower and delegate and trust others to do things on my behalf. Now, in the next two episodes, we're going to look at how to build trust in a team, how to build trust across the organization. And to really be able to appreciate and contribute to that it is really important to start looking at what is your natural bias towards trust because that will impact the way that you then contribute to the teams you're in and the organisation you're in. So I look forward to meeting you again next week where we'll take this topic of trust further. Thank you for joining me today. Goodbye.